Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is about where your attention is. Because anyone in any context, we can up our anxiety if we focus on anything threatening. So you can have someone on a beautiful beach, you know, sipping something out of a pineapple. They can still make themselves... <laughs> anxious because it's the nature of the way that we think. Cue music. Places, everybody places. We're starting in three, two. Welcome to the Autoimmune Hour, where we look at the rise of autoimmune disorders. I've brought together top experts that range from doctors, specialists, nutritionists, researchers, and even those recovering from autoimmune to bring you the latest, most up-to-date information about autoimmunity and how to live your life uninterrupted. Thank you for joining us here on the Autoimmune Hour with Sharon Saylor. Always seek sound legal, medical, and or professional advice regarding any problems, conditions, and any of the recommendations you see, hear, or read here on the Autoimmune Hour, Understanding Autoimmune, and Life Interrupted Radio. Join the Autoimmune Hours Courage Club. Sign up now at understandingautoimmune.com. Now, back to your host, Sharon Saylor. Welcome, everyone, to the Autoimmune Hour. I'm Sharon Saylor from sharonsaylor.com. I'm sorry, I'm laughing because we've been talking, my guest and I have been talking beforehand, and we've been having a good time. We always do. She's my dear, 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 dear friend, Bev Martin, and we're going to talk about so many things. One of the things she is just awesome at is using our intuition and being able to keep ourselves calm. And I was talking to her about a situation I was in this uh, the other day that caused me what I call situational anxiety. And I think a lot of us are experiencing that now. You walk into a room full of people and you're not sure what to do anymore. So we're going to talk about that. And I invited her on to help me celebrate because she celebrated my 100th episode years ago. And now she's going to help me celebrate my 350th episode of the Autoimmune Hour. I mean, I am. Yeah, (laughs) we need streamers. (laughs) Yeah, we do. Confetti, all of that. Oh, anyway. So that was Bev Martin. Let me introduce you to her, her uh, wonderful little bio. She is a natural and trained intuitive a certified professional coach and a member of the ICF, International Coaching Federation, if you don't know what ICF is. She's a master practitioner of neurolinguistic programming and a certified facilitator in clean language and symbolic modeling, a certified hypnotherapist. I could go on and on, but it gives you an idea of her credentials, which are long and varied, and she is awesome. And so welcome back to the show, and thank you for being here to celebrate this. To me, it's a big deal. (laughs) It is a big deal. Congratulations. That is a lot of shows, a lot of conversations, a lot of resources that you're bringing to your audience. Well done. Well, thank you. I've never set out to 300. I mean, that was not a goal. It's interesting to me when all of a sudden I was, you get close and you just start realizing, wow. That's, you know, over seven years of shows. When you think of all those shows, what are you most proud of? 
two emails I've gotten, one three years ago and one just a few months ago, where something that guests that I'd brought on had changed somebody's life. And one of them in particular was a young mother in Australia that had an ill child. Now, the illness was not technically an autoimmune condition, but wanted to know if I could have that person on air because they were having a hard time getting the resources they needed there. And we were able to make it happen. It just brought me to tears when I was able to email that young mother back and say, what do you want to know? What are you needing? And in the end, the guest that we had on the show was willing to connect and reach out and help this young mother. But I just think to myself, wow, you know, it makes it all worth it. Absolutely. I bet there's so many more examples of how the show has helped people where you may never know because people have just gone on using the resources, using the inspiration and getting on with their lives. And that's the best way. For me, as long as they're able to take something away from it and become a thriver, not let their identity become their diagnosis. That's my big thing now. Is it's huge. After you're labeled with it, you have to dance around with this idea when you, someone says you're going to medical things. And I have or you know, I am. I have. Right. And be able to make sure that you can not make that your identity, that the whole goal is to like eradicate it mm-hmm. from your life I, I like to liken it as you know to cockroaches yeah I can have cockroaches but that doesn't mean <laughs> I want them in my house right <laughs> so, I like to put these diagnoses under that label of eradication not yes. as a label of who I am fabulous well congratulations certainly to be celebrated 350 episodes yeah so thank you for being here and thank you beautiful community for making it happen without you guys listening and sharing it on social media etc we wouldn't still be here so it's awesome and you know Bev one of the things that has amazed me that when I started this no one was talking about trauma and Mm. autoimmune does previous trauma play into autoimmune and we've had you and numerous other guests like Sarah Payton and Dr. Clark and others who are, were at, who are at the forefront of understanding how past trauma can cause the body to develop disease in certain ways. And now, just in the past, I don't know if it's due to the pandemic or not, because there's a hyper-awareness of these types of things now, but just in the past couple of years, I've noticed more and more of the medical experts going, well, trauma may play a role in that. I'm seeing more and more research that way. So I'm really hopeful because once I learned to combat a lot of my past traumas, I was amazed at how quickly the body was able to heal. So that's the part that's amazing to me is things like that that have happened in these seven years that I'm watching. One of the things I'm also watching for is long COVID. Mm. And I read a lot of the symptoms of that, such as fatigue, joint pain, brain fog. I'm like, wow, gosh, a lot of us with autoimmune could say, check, check, check on the same symptoms. Yes. I'm curious to see if we don't find through research and and more examination that maybe it might be labeled in the autoimmune. It'll be fascinating to see what they decide. But gosh, a lot of the symptoms sound the same. 
And I'm hoping that they'll be able to be treated the same because we do have a history of being able to help people with autoimmune, so. You know, so many people who have experienced that, I'm hoping that one of the side effects is more respect and understanding for people going through chronic anything. You know, it, it, I have found it personally true whenever I'm going through anything, it, it reminds me of the compassion. It's like, wow, there are people going through this every day. You know, of course, we know that logically, but there's nothing like a little bit of suffering to um, amp up one's own empathy. <laughs> exactly. So true. And also to be aware that a lot of these illnesses are invisible. Think of COVID. Well, gosh, you know, masks and you're six, just six, eight, 10, 12 feet away because of an invisible thing. Well, people have had invisible illnesses from the beginning of time. And having that empathy and understanding that we don't know what someone's going through just because they look okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that understanding would go a long way. Several of the people I've worked with with chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia and autoimmune things, the one of the biggest challenges is helping having people understand that if they said on Tuesday, yeah, I'll be there, I feel great but that could be different on Friday. And it's not a sign of them being flaky or not committed, that this is what they deal with, that every, every day is a new day in terms of the body and they're not going to know how they feel. And my sense is that's one of the biggest frustrations is if only people could understand you know, that piece of, yes, I'd like to be there and I'll have to see how I, how I do on that day. Absolutely. And got a deeper level let's say okay we're feeling great on friday we go to that event and you can't eat what's there and people are insulted because of your food sensitivities which a lot of autoimmune people have food sensitivities and then all of a sudden they're insulted. oh you it's you know so-and-so's birthday just a little piece oh not boy. really realizing that one bite could put you in bed for 24 48 hours and I, I'm hoping that people will understand there's a lot of things people are going through. Right. Because, you know, the other side effect too, you go on Friday and you have a wonderful time and you pay the price on Saturday. Yeah. You know, so it's a different way of being. And I hope that this pandemic has at least given people an insight into like all the ways that people struggle and just be kind. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm keep hoping that too. I have to say I've seen a number of people not being as kind as I had hoped, but as we continue to find our way through this, I'm hoping that kindness will. Yes. That's my 350th. But one thing I wanted to talk about on the show, and we've alluded to it a little bit, is this anxiety that we all have. And whether it's that anxiety of it's Tuesday and I'm uh, we'll have to see how I am on Friday <laughs> or any of those sorts of anxieties or just going to events, getting out there, whether whatever it is, getting out there, whether it's just grocery shopping or I had to go to an event the other day. And I have to say, I found myself on hyper alert. And, and what was it? Was it that there were a number of people there? What was the trigger, so to speak? I think it was the number of people and it wasn't a huge number, but for me, it was more than I'd seen in one place in a long, long time. Right. right. <laughs> and that would not have bothered me. What we call a, what, a PC, pre-COVID right. virus. It wouldn't have bothered me. Um, and so I was just kind of amazed at myself that I could feel mm. my body sort of tense up and, 
I, I started to have this little voice in my head going, huh, are we saints? I don't know. Take a look around. How is everybody behaving? It was interesting, these little dialogues running in my head. Well, I think that's part of the challenge is that we've been training ourselves that a lot of people in a room is dangerous. You know, I know that you've given presentations in huge, huge venues, you know, and you breeze on the stage. And it's like being on the stage should be the scary part, not that there are people in the room. And now we've been we've trained our body to say, you know, small numbers at a distance. And it's like, how do you expect our body to suddenly go, oh, now it's fine. We haven't undone the training because, of course, it's not fine yet, <laughs> probably, but we haven't undone the training. So it's almost like we have to say to our body, thank you for learning how to keep me safe by guarding against a number of people in the room. How might we say in this instance, it's fine or in that instance, it is an alert there's a lot of shades here that we still need to work with. Absolutely. So if you were to talk to yourself as you're walking into that situation, yes. what would you say? My first thought was just keep breathing. <laughs> you know, oh you got the mask on and everything that is hard enough to breathe. Yes. I found that my first step was just keep reminding myself. It's okay. Keep breathing. Okay. Yes. And that's an excellent strategy to focus on the, the moment that you're in. And so you're not looking to the past or too far to the future. In this moment, what is going well? I'm fine. I am breathing. And as soon as you focus on breathing, it takes your, your brain away from catastrophizing. Because the, the slippery slope is if we get into that place of all the things that could go wrong. And our minds are so fantastic and creative. You know, Spielberg can make a living out of catastrophizing. He can write a book about it. We don't want to live there. And so what you did in that moment, which is to say, actually focus on your breathing, slow it down, go a little bit deeper. That also alerts your brain. Ah, oh, we're okay. If we've got time to breathe, we're not actually running away from a dinosaur. So the breath is really important. And then Directing your attention, which you were doing already with the breath, directing the attention to what you do want to notice, like, I'm fine, all is well, or the environment is supporting me, this is good. So you'll notice that you're paying attention to what's going well and is okay. You're telling yourself that. And I tend to notice that I, I tend to use a sort of a maternal voice with my own self going, you're fine it's okay. So that self-talk can be really important uh, as well. I was recently in a situation where I needed to relieve anxiety in the moment. I'm not a fan of dentists. <laughs> I am not a fan. And I had to have a root canal recently. Wow, your mouth is open for a long, a very long time. And, you know, so I had to say to my body, this is actually a good thing, because to talk myself into going like well you could you could have some discomfort and pain or you could have a dental treatment so reframing saying this is a helpful thing that i'm doing and then i visualized and you know because i'm from south africa here's the visual that came to me well, i'm lying in the chair really in a difficult thing ah mouth wide open i imagined that i was a hippo oh my in an african river <laughs> with a little birdie cleaning their teeth, because that's what they do. The, the, the hippo sits there, the little bird comes in. So I just sort of reframed that all that action that was going on in my mouth, I was just a hippo and there was a little birdie. And as silly as it was, 
it really helped. <laughs> so <laughs> reframing. Oh, yeah, I got up close and personal to hippos in Africa myself. That is a large mouth. And when you said that, like, okay. <laughs> you'd rather be in the hippo, you know, be in the from the perspective of the hippo than be in front of a hippo. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'd rather be the hippo than be in front of a hippo for sure. Oh, my God. That is great. That's great. So I love that you talk to yourself in third person, like you're okay. You're okay, Beth. You've got this. It's all right. This man knows what he's doing. He's been doing, you know, so all the sorts of things that perhaps a close friend might say, if you don't have a wise close friend at hand, assume the position, talk to yourself with loving kindness. Well, I had to go just for a general cleaning. You know, you have to have masks and the whole thing when you walk in, but then right. it took me a second when he said, oh, okay, take off your mask now. And it was, <laughs> there was a moment of, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, um, okay. Yes. <laughs> amazing to me how conditioned we're getting to this stuff well yes and you know we're taking it on like something that keeps me safe and then as I wait take it off in each moment we are really considering safety which means we're I'm I think we're all living in low-grade anxiety because you know PC I like your term for pre-COVID um in each context, there would be perhaps a certain danger, right? If you're going walking at night under a dark bridge, you'd be wise to be a little anxious there because your cortisol is going, mm, this might not be so cool. But here we're living in a circumstance in which it is everywhere. It is invisible. So what we don't have, except for perhaps our homes, is the place where we can get away from that and go, phew, here I'm okay. You know, technically speaking, that's not entirely true either, because well, I was going to say some people don't have the luxury of living alone or something like that. So family members could bring it in and unbeknownst to everyone. So I'm not sure there are a lot of places where people can go. Phew. There, phew, safety at last. So I think we're living in a, in a low grade anxious state much of the time. So if we are living in a low-grade anxious state, what are some tips that you have? We talked about breathing when we're walking into that moment, but let's mm. refer to this low-grade state. Perhaps we're home and we, can, and we can begin to unwind, but how do you position yourself to do that? Right. It is about where your attention is, because anyone in any context, we can up our anxiety if we focus on anything threatening so you can have someone on a beautiful beach you know sipping something out of a pineapple they can still make themselves anxious because it's the nature of the way that we think and so there's a difference between where the body goes uh oh I think there's something here I want to pay attention to but if we attend purposefully with our attention putting our attention on what we do want to see that helps a lot and so one question you and I both know quite well is um, a clean language question that says, what would you like to have happen? So it, that directs us to outcome rather than dread. And there's many ways of going in that direction. But dread can kind of go on autopilot. It can just be, you know, uh, I have noticed over, over my lifetime that it's also hormonal. Oh, really? There's times, and I noticed when I was pregnant or times like that, it's almost like the body said, oh, we need to up your capacity to protect yourself. But then it got more hypervigilant and hyper-aware. And there's contexts in which hypervigilance and hyper-awareness are useful, dark alley. 
but sitting in your lovely living room where all is actually well, you that hyper-awareness and hyper-vigilance is not serving us. And we can fall into the trap of thinking, if I'm worrying, I am preventing something terrible from happening. It's a superstition. Yeah, it's going to be larger than we think about it. It's right. If I'm fretting, I'm doing what I can do. It's like, well, actually, no. (laughs) And so turning attention to what you do want to focus on. And so that is a wonderful context, even for the, the simplest of gratitude practices. Gratitude practice really does help us say, what's going well in the moment? For what am I grateful? I love the way the sun is shining in the window. And I love the sweater that I'm wearing. It's really comfortable. And I I always love how you describe what what you've got in your teacup. That focus is putting your attention deliberately on what is at least okay or going well or something we can be grateful for. And it turns the attention like a flashlight towards what we do want to see more of. And it's a discipline. And yet it has its own reward. As soon as we say, what? Would I rather be focused on right now? Turn our attention to what we'd like to see more of. It's really helpful. I love mindfulness as well. And it has a wonderful place. But this is very quick and easy. So we can stay in the moment if we have other things to attend to or family members are present. To start to do a mindfulness practice. It's yes. like mini mindfulness, I think. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and... Sometimes, depending on the context, sometimes I like to suggest that we interview anxiety. In other words, if a part of us is saying, hey, watch out, Sharon, there are times when we say, well, I'm watched out. (laughs) All is well. I'm in my living room. Everything is fine. (laughs) You know, thank you anyway. Right. But we also don't want to just every time dismiss a little something that's getting our attention. We want to train it um, in a way and converse with it. And one of the ways is to interview it, is really to say, hmm, I notice that you're getting my attention. I notice that my heart rate is increased or that my shoulders are like right up around my ears, right? So the body will be often the first way we know like, oh, it's some kind of discomfort that we're calling anxiety. And so to interview whatever's prompting that, to say, what do you want for me that's good? By having me, my, my breathing suddenly go shallow, like, is there a predator in the cupboard? You know, what would you like to have me know? And I think that does several things. It creates a dialogue. You're in charge of the dialogue. But it also says, like, is there something I should know that I'm not paying attention to? And most often there isn't. And sometimes there might be, right? What would you have me know? Oh, you know, let me be aware of something. But it takes us out of from just that staying in dread staying in dread without it being specific it's like let's get specific is there something i need to be worried about and what else about that tell me more you know you're really listening to yourself at a deeper level and my hope is that our unconscious mind also learns to say don't prompt me with anything like this unless it is specific Mm, i love that Right. Let me just take a quick commercial break, though, when we come back, because I want to just share quickly a quick story and then we'll take our break. Is I want to talk more about intuition, because a few years ago I was driving down a very common road, but it's narrow, four lanes, but narrow. And I kept hearing, like, get in the other lane, get in the other lane. I mean, 
you know, I, I don't know where it was coming from. It was just, and I, oh, oh, I don't like that lane. It's too narrow. And lo and behold, within about 10 seconds, I was rear-ended. And so there again, you know, I or someone was being very specific, get in the other lane. So anyway, we will talk more about trusting our intuition and how to know and, and prep the field for it to be able to get us into those types of places. So we'll be right back. Life Interrupted Radio will return after these messages from our sponsors. It's great sponsors like these that keep this show coming to you every week. Be sure and stop by lifeinterruptedradio.com to learn more. Hi, this is Sharon. And of course you know me from here on the Autoimmune Hour. Maybe you don't know I'm also an author. My latest book is for kids. It's Pinky Chenille and the Rainbow Hunters, a winner of a five-star reader's favorite review. It's perfect for your early reader and a great bedtime story for your young adventurers. Check it out over at PinkyChenille.com. That's P-I-N-K-Y-C-H-E-N-I-L-L-E.com. See you there. Research shows we apologize up to 10 times a day. And most of the time, we say sorry as a response to someone else's mistake. What if? We thanked people instead of all that unnecessary apologizing. So instead of saying, sorry, I'm rambling, you say, thank you for listening. Join us at projectforgive.com, a free non-religious resource on global forgiveness. Do you want to be a better leader, have better relationships, become more self-aware, be a better communicator? Hi, I'm Sharon Saylor, best-selling author, professional speaker, and executive coach. And my life passion is empowering professionals to be the best that they can be. After years of working with professionals, I've discovered the seven things nobody is telling you that can cost you your clients, sales, and even your career. And I want to give it to you free. You've heard my show. You know my passion. And maybe we'll be working together sooner rather than later. So go grab this ebook now to find out the seven things that's costing you big time over at SharonSailor.com forward slash radio gift. Welcome back everyone to the autoimmune hour. I'm Sharon Saylor from SharonSailor.com. And as always, I'm just having such a great time with Bev Martin here. She's a dear friend of mine. She's a natural and trained intuitive as well as a professional coach, clean language we've been talking about and how we can talk to ourselves in such a way that sets ourselves up for success and to reduce anxiety. And let us just take a nice deep breath and enjoy certain situations now. And as we were talking about that, my mind wandered to the power of intuition. Bev is an expert in helping us understand our intuition and, and how to beef it up, how to encourage it to be stronger within us. So I think during this time, I've relied on my intuition a lot more than I think I, at least consciously, I've relied on a lot, walking into a room and scanning it myself visually, but also what else is going on. So let's talk about, first off, what is intuition for those who might not know? Some people think it actually is sort of getting out there into the woo-woo, but it's not. It's really not. Intuition is really that unconscious often unconscious awareness of there's a knowledge that you carry and your intuition 
is that knowledge. And most often we could use it more. You know, if you had an inner tutor, an intuition, a teacher inside of you, helping you to pay attention to what matters most, helping you to uh, connect with the things in your life that will bring you the most joy or help you to be more of who you are, why wouldn't we connect with that? And very much for a safety level, intuition is remarkable for safety. And there are so many accounts of people who fortunately have survived certain things where they'll say, you know, I didn't know something just made me like you said, you know, something was compelling you to go just change lanes and our logical mind goes, well, why? Right. And that's not where the wisdom is in that moment. (laughs) No, it wasn't. It was right. I should have gotten any other lane. I talked myself out of it. Right. So often because we're like, well, that's just odd, you know, and yet to pay attention to it more and more as almost like, you know, if you were in a corporate environment and you had a board of advisors, your intuition is one of them. Your logical mind certainly is one of them, your experience, your knowledge, all the things you know, but that little, little feeling or something that just sort of feels making you uncomfortable in a moment deserves our attention. And in a similar way, you know, what do you know? And learning to act on the prompts without having to have them make sense. <laughs> you know, sometimes it could just be, oh, just change lanes, you know. And I, my sense is at least 50% of the times we do that, we don't get a very satisfying feedback that says, oh, you know what you avoided by doing that? We don't always know or get the the satisfaction of knowing what was the reason that we did that. Our logical minds would love to know, like, oh, I did that because. But sometimes we don't know the because. It just something arises. And I love um, working with professional women, especially in corporate settings, who rely on their intuition to do extremely well at work. And so many of them would never confess to it, or they don't know that that's what it is that they're connecting to, because our setups are so conscious mind focused. You know, how did you come to that decision with your left analytical brain? But when you're interviewing a new hire, or you're making a significant decision, why wouldn't you also trust your head, heart, gut, you know, to... If you're interviewing someone and some, something just doesn't feel quite right, sit with it. Sit with it. Trust yourself. I love my, my secret guilty pleasure is I love watching um, true life cop shows on TV. Oh, I did not know that about you, my friend. <laughs> oh, it's, it's my guilty pleasure. It's like, ooh, dateline, you know, uh, things like that. Because I always listen to the, you know, they often will replay the 911 call at the beginning. And I will listen to that. And some of it's our, your and my shared uh, experience with body language and clues with about tone and things. But I will listen to that 911 call and go like, yep, you're the perpetrator or this is true or you're sincere or no, you're not. And then I love to see how it turns out. But I especially love cops, most often male cops, although, of course, they, they, they are all, all uh, male and female cops. But I especially love it when it's a, a man with an analytical mind who says, I just got this feeling or my, the hair stood up on the back of my neck. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) So there, you know, even uh, the wide range of professionals who really rely on their left brain, they're still using their intuition. We could use it more.
Oh, absolutely. I think we could use it all the time. And it's funny that you were talking about it would be reinforcing and we'd use it more if we got that instant feedback. Of, yes. Well, in my case, I didn't listen and I got rear-ended, but let's say I'm still driving down and I look in the rearview mirror and the poor person behind me it happened to them or something. I, I think that would be that training that would say, okay, whack, pay more attention to it, you know? <laughs> yeah, years ago, we, my husband and I were walking in Northwest Portland, kind of late at night on a very dark street. And we needed to get like around a person who was walking very slowly and go into the bookstore. And I noticed that my, my feeling was just to wait, pull back and just wait. There was something, the person was not well. And I, I felt myself hold my husband's hand, like, like trying non-verbally to let him know to just cool your jets. We're just going to wait. And uh, I didn't communicate effectively. And he, we just, you know, he, we, he went faster and I, we were holding hands. So I went faster too. And we passed this person who had, you know, an outburst. It was upsetting. It was upsetting for the person. It was upsetting for us. And that could have been avoided just by noticing like the body was saying, yeah, let's just hold back. So your body is often telling you in a myriad ways um, you know, the experience you had that you recounted to when you were in that gathering, your body's saying, no, let's stand here. We're, we're fine. We're good. And if we can just overcome the need to understand it logically, to trust that inner teacher that it knows best. It is fascinating, the dialogue that was going on when I entered that room. It was, it was an interesting dialogue of, oh, I don't know, this choir over here, so I don't know about this, and this choir over here, so no, no, it's safe. The, the boats. And I start, I start racking off in my brain distance, ventilation, all of those sorts of things right. that I assume my body figures, and not through the training, would make it safer. And reassure yourself with those facts, absolutely. This is so fascinating. Let's say magic quantum. I know at some point in time, things are going to change. This is not going to be this way. All the years I've been here, life, that's the one thing I know it's going to change. Yes. <laughs> so, let's do magic one time and that it changes. And maybe next summer is the summer that we've all been hoping that 2021 was, was going to be. It was for a bit, but let's hope. How do we begin to reinvigorate ourselves? I love these ideas about being able to talk ourselves in the situation. Mm. But I, I guess the word would be trust again. Yes. And in one thing that can help to be compelling is to be sure that you know your own, you have a vision for what you would like to have happen. Because there's a big difference. You know, I, I'm a bit of a rebel, I, I've discovered. I'm a very well-behaved rebel, but I don't like to be told what to do. Don't get me started. <laughs> right. And, and so I wouldn't want to be in the position where I'm told when I'm allowed to do that or, you know, I don't don't really want to give authority to some disembodied, uh, you know, council other than, um, you know, the highest council I can imagine. But I don't want anyone to say, well, now you're allowed to do this or you can do that. But so a vision of what would I love to do? Like, what would a summer look like that really meets my needs and of course one one person's marvelous summer is different to another right, right. 
So someone might say, oh, I'll be hiking and camping and seeing all the beauty of our state. Somebody else might be, I'll be finishing my, my book. Somebody else might be like, to make the most of the summer, like, like we just did with our last summer, is like, hey, in how many ways can I use fresh tomatoes you know, from the garden? <laughs> Which was really wonderful. I'm really missing them now that we are, they're, they're done. So having a vision of what feels like fun to you and a bit of a plan around it so that you are you have somewhere to go and, and an errand to run on your own, your, your soul's errand. And then you can be mindful in the moment. Hmm, do I need to slow down here? Do I need to go there? Do I need to change my plan a little bit? Because guess what? Sinkhole or whatever happens. But it's the opposite of just waiting to see what we can do. Uh, notice I'm just like my I feel tense even just thinking about it but still having an idea of what I'd like to do and we've we've all got disappointment fatigue there were so many things set up from 2020 where we were gonna you know I was gonna go to TEDx and I was gonna see Trevor Noah live and each of those events got cancelled but it would be a pity to not still have a vision of what you do want and at least move towards it even if we still have to be flexible but put have your will in place so that you know I don't mean the word that kind of will at the end of life I mean the will to live your life to know what you want to do to keep doing what you love and looking forward to those things and and acting on them so let's think about next summer and and really dream it dream it I love that. I love that. And it doesn't even have to be, I placed the barriers on there about summer, but I'm thinking now, you know, holidays are right around the corner. True. What are we going to do for that? And we need to take our final quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to just do some more free chatting with Bev on, on this topic, as well as, I don't know, we'll see what happens. We'll be right back. Life Interrupted Radio will return after these messages from our sponsors. It's great sponsors like these that keep this show coming to you every week. Be sure and stop by lifeinterruptedradio.com to learn more. Hi, this is Sharon. And of course you know me from here on the Autoimmune Hour. Maybe you don't know I'm also an author. My latest book is for kids. It's Pinky Chenille and the Rainbow Hunters, a winner of a five-star reader's favorite review. It's perfect for your early reader and a great bedtime story for your young adventurers. Check it out over at PinkyChenille.com. That's P-I-N-K-Y-C-H-E-N-I-L-L-E.com. See you there. Do you want to be a better leader? Have better relationships? Become more self-aware? Be a better communicator? Hi, I'm Sharon Saylor, best-selling author, professional speaker, and executive coach. And my life passion is empowering professionals to be the best that they can be. After years of working with professionals, I've discovered the seven things nobody is telling you that can cost you your clients, sales, and even your career. And I want to give it to you free. You've heard my show. You know my passion. And maybe we'll be working together sooner rather than later. So go grab this ebook now to find out the seven things that's costing you big time over at SharonSailor.com forward slash radio gift. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with Bev Martin, and 
even during the commercial break, we're having a good time. So I apologize for laughing. We, because the next topic I want to bring up, just touch on shortly, because I think I'd love your input on it. To me, it's going to be something that we'll be talking about as we're planning and, and realizing that we've just been through personally and community, family, community, et cetera, wise. Hey, there's a profound moments of grief and not just in the tremendous number of people we've lost, but just change to life and you know, other things that we've perceived that we've lost and things. Do you have any insights on people being able to move through the stages of grief in a, in a, in a very safe and loving way? I love what you say about safe and loving. I'm not sure that, you know, my expertise is not around grief, particularly, except that I'm a human being feeling it and as well with everyone. And what I've noticed through this is that is part of our, our shared experience. And not everyone has called it grief, but, you know, anxiety, depression and grief, they're all results of experiencing fear, uncertainty and loss. It's what we're dealing with. So before the, the pandemic, you know, we each were dealing with these things in their own time. There's something I think beautiful, as well as challenging, that we're kind of all in this together. So it's beautiful that we're in this together. And it's challenging that really everyone we meet is either traumatized, depressed, or anxious. And we need the skills. So I, I'm in a place of needing to learn them. Um, really. And as well as just recognizing that it's not something we have, we are not well equipped, or as well equipped as we might be to deal with those losses and those griefs. I, I feel like this is a great wake up call to come to terms with these things. And this is when we need to rely on each other, support each other, assist. You know, I, I, I happen to know groups, many groups of women who are widows. And I think there is a little part of me that says, you know, ooh, tell me your secrets. Um, how might we prepare for you know, these are, I, I find myself in anticipatory grief uh, at times, uh, the loss of significant people. Uh, we recently lost our beloved cat. And so I'm in grief. And, you know, there's that anticipatory time and then we're in it. And so even just recognizing, I, I think one of the phenomenon is anger. We're very angry in our, in our culture. I think anger is grief that just is finding a way out. So my long answer there is to say, we, there's so much more that we need to know. Mm, absolutely. I've thought that about anger too, that there, there has to be, to me, anger is a secondary Yes. Something has to be the catalyst for it. And that's that's important for us to understand. One of those invisible things we were talking about, we just never know. Absolutely. And if we're thinking about a past guest we've had on, Yvonne He, she's a grief expert. And her famous line, which I just love, it's so simple. It's to just show up for the other person. Yes, I love, I love that. Yeah, I love that too. Now I want to, we're down to the last 10 minutes here, Bev, and I want to make sure that we have time because we've danced around this idea of intuition, but I know in January, just a couple of months from now, you have an intuition class coming up Yes. and I've taken your intuition classes before and they're awesome amongst their other classes. What are the kinds of things that we would learn in your intuition class? Mm. 
I'm wanting to focus on helping women in particular, although the class is available for everyone, but helping women in particular to trust their own voice. So helping people to know, we're calling it intuition, but it is also, how do I know when I know? And becoming really familiar with that internal dialogue, not only in the workplace, but also at home. And then, of course, for spiritual growth as well. It's one's own relationship with, with oneself. And so in the intuition class, we spend quite a bit of time with prompts, with questions like, what do I want to have happen? So that we practice knowing like, what's my thinking, analytical, logical mind? And what's that other part of me that seems to know something um, in addition? Or, um, you know, so how might I have both, both capacities, as well as being able to be confident to listen to oneself with confidence, to trust yourself. That's something that I think we all need because we live in a world in which there's no shortage of information. We can go on Google. I was just on Google now. How do I roast a chicken? Blah, blah. So there's information, but there's not wisdom. We are faced with complex decisions to make that may affect, you know, if you've got elderly parents or you've got children that need support, we have decisions to make that are not on Google, that we need to be wise. We need to know what works well in the system, uh, you know, in how to be kind, what would be the kindest thing? So the, the decisions that we face are complex. The world is very, very fast. And my goal is to help people to listen to their own wisdom that knows more than Google, <laughs> uh, for ourselves at least, and to, to learn to rely on it. Intuition on purpose, you know, we can't just wait for a vision, an epiphany to suddenly arrive. We want to be able to sit down with ourselves and go, what is it that I know and how can I use this? And I know you have always asked the questions of what is it that I need to know as well, which I find yes. a fascinating question to be able to open it up to just my logic, getting out of my logical brain is sort of like, okay, what do I need to know? It, to me, has always a, been a great prompt that you've taught me in your classes as well. Now, one of the things that in your classes that I learned um, was about how we talk about intuition. So maybe in the business, especially in the business world, it's like, you want to be taken seriously. So it's not like, oh, well, um, the little fairy on my shoulder told me. <laughs> yes, you probably wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> you probably wouldn't want to do that unless the fellow executives say, oh, yeah, my, my little fairy on my shoulder said that too. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's part of trusting one's voice and also recognizing it's a discernment that comes with practice. Um, you might not say the source of your information, but over time, when you become a good communicator about something that is not necessarily visual to everyone. It's like, I'd like to take a little more time on this decision. It's just not sitting comfortably with me quite yet, right? We can often use the body as an indicator or like, yeah, I just noticed that my gut gets tight when we talk about having that project done by this month. And I notice I breathe out when we think about it then. So we can often use our body because guess where the intuition came through anyway you know so there are ways to communicate with it and I believe that intuition really is becoming less woo-woo it's not so mysterious 
that you know we're modern day mystics we're relying on on this it's not a skill that someone wearing bangles and a scarf gets to do we all have this capacity and like any skill we can crank it up fantastic well we're just down to the last couple minutes tell everyone how to get a hold of you your website and that as well and any final thoughts you'd like to share as for the 350th episode but also as we're coming into the winter season the end of 2021 and into 2022 any final thoughts you'd like to share with us Thanks, Sharon, so much for having me on the show. My name is Bev Martin. My website is bevmartin.com. And I will have offerings there about my January class. And I look forward to meeting more of your your people. For your 350th episode, what I'd like to say is you are giving your gifts to the world. And that is one of the most important things as a soul is to recognize what do I love? What are my gifts? And how might I share them too? as we've talked about today, to be kind, to share them, to be there for someone. So I want to thank you for how you show up, for what you gift us, and that you're doing your thing. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. That's really, that's the imperative of a soul. It's like, be who you are, bring your gifts. And so I would say for all of us in the, the end of this year and going into the next year, if that is our one focus, How do I be more of who I am and give more generously of the gifts that I've been given so that I can give them on? That could be a great frame for us is giving our gifts. I love that. Okay, that's what we're going to do for this coming season here. We're in, well, actually, I was going to say we're in September, we're in October, my goodness. So it's coming very quickly, everyone, yes. I love to make meaning of things too. So giving our gifts and making meaning of this time is where we'll see the most profound changes down the road, I think. So everyone, that's Bev Martin. It's bevmartin.com. It's spelled just like it sounds, but you can also find it over at understandingautoimmune.com. All our social media is Understanding Autoimmune. So if you want to find us on Facebook, please join our community there. We've recently passed 150,000 followers. So like, thank you. Thank you, community, for that. As well as, so that's Understanding Autoimmune. So please drop us a note as well. And we'd love to hear from you. You have guest ideas. We're always open to that. Have a great week. Whatever your adventures, join me next week for another brand new episode. So we'll be crossing that bridge to 351. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Enjoy. The information provided on the Autoimmune Hour, Understanding Autoimmune, and Life Interrupted Radio, including the websites understandingautoimmune.com and lifeinterruptedradio.com, plus social media, is for educational purposes only. What you read, hear, and see on the Autoimmune Hour, Understanding Autoimmune, and Life Interrupted Radio, and its websites, and other media outlets is based on experience only. The information should never be used for any legal, diagnostic, or treatment purposes. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.